is. Uh, I feel like I should do an intro because sometimes we start these bonus episodes and I'm just like, hi. <laughs> hi and everyone's so, like, who is she? Yeah. What are you guys doing? What is this what? episode? Especially if it's your What's first happening? episode. Welcome to our monthly check-in bonus episodes. I'm your host, Sam Valentine of the One Broke Actress podcast, bringing you an honest account of working actor life, plus a few lessons I learned in the process. And in these monthly check-ins, myself and my producer, Helena, and I talk about what is going on in our perspective lives, in our markets, in our countries, because I am based in Los Angeles and she is based in Vancouver and we live very different actor lives. And it's super fun to hear what happens to us month to month. So we're going to get into that today. So hi. <laughs> now we Hi. Happy April. I feel like we just talked. I feel like we I talked don't. four months ago. Yeah. Oh, really? I feel yes. like it just happened in the blink of an eye. It feels like a blink of an eye and four months, hence COVID. Yay, pandemic. Yay. <laughs> okay. First, I what's going on with you? I feel like there's a lot happening and I'm very excited to hear all about it. You know, it feels like a lot and it feels like nothing. Uh, I am teaching an ongoing, well, not ongoing. I am working on a class for new actors moving to Los Angeles. It's specifically geared towards actors that are in, uh, that are graduating from theater programs, although it doesn't have to be. Uh, and I just fine tuned it. I've been working on it for the past year and I taught it at a university today and it was amazing and it was was it your university it was my yeah I went to my alma mater I went to Missouri State and I taught it to their acting for film graduating actors class via zoom mm -hmm, via zoom many of Mm -hmm. whom are planning to move to Los Angeles which is awesome and we went through the ins and outs of financing and side jobs and when to get reps how to network how to get yourself going what is branding how do you do your marketing we did it's everything uh and I feel like it went fantastic. And from here, I will fine tune it even more. And then I believe at the end of next month, we're going to start hosting the class online, which is thrilling. Amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. So that's taking up the bulk of my time. I also just, this is a big, this is, this is really exciting. I've moved into full-time podcasting producing for other people. So I was able to fully quit my babysitting side job. Amazing. And I'm moving into, it's working for myself, basically doing other people's stuff. And it's on my own time. Basically they supply me with episodes and what they need and where it goes and what social media to get and et cetera. And I do the work around auditions, which has been amazing because I've had lots of audition. I officially just hit my same audition mark that I hit in all of 2019. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so like I'm in, I'm in a super great place today. I am also vaccinated. I am, I, you know, the weather's getting really nice. The things this month feels different. And this is why these check-ins are fun is every month. Mm-hmm. It feels completely up, down, up, down. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, and so I, I feel in a very good place today. Wonderful. I, I'm excited. How are you? Well, you're the up. I can be the down. (laughs) This is why it's not just one of us talking on the microphone. I mean, and this is the reality of it. You know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't, it's just, this is just normal. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really good that we are having these conversations so candidly because a lot of people can think that when there's a down, that it's a bad thing, that it's like, you know, it's never going to get better, that this is whatever it is that is going on or you're struggling with, whether it's career or life or whatever, 
it always changes, mm -hmm. but at least for me, I'm learning, I need to sit in, in the down, in the whatever's happening, just experience it, deal with it. And then it changes. It'll change. Next month will be different. We'll have a different conversation, but yeah. I mean, last month that you, when we started this conversation, you told us you had just booked uh, a new co-star and a commercial. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, different. well, yeah, it's, it's like career wise, I'm still, you know, I'm having slightly less auditions than I had the month before. A lot of that I think is partially because um, a lot of the episodics that shoot up here are actually like finishing up their seasons. Mm -hmm. So there's new stuff coming in and there's only a few shows that are trailing as far as, you know, shooting into this month and next month. Um, the other reality of being in a minor market, you know, while there's a lot of work with the big network TV shows, I don't know, I've been on like six or seven of them that are shot here. So I can't be on them again for quite some time, right? What an abundance so problem. That is it, something yes. we don't talk about often enough. It, it's true. Like it's, it's amazing. I'm so stoked, but also then it, it, I can't be on those. Cause so it, that creates a different kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, the pandemic up here is not going well. Canada did pretty good at the well, did pretty well at the beginning of everything. And then now what's happened is we, it, and this is, this affects the film industry. So um, what's happened is we don't have our own vaccine manufacturing. We put in bids and are relying upon buying vaccines from the UK and the United States. Now, of course, like Biden has an America first rule, which makes absolute sense, 100%, right? But it also means that we're not getting supply that we thought we were getting. And it also means that it's just going really, really slowly. Ugh, it's so now, frustrating to probably sit back and watch then things. Roll well, especially because, you know, I'm a dual citizen. Oh, like 75% of my friends live in Los Angeles and everyone's vaccinated. You know, like, this is, a, this is a weird question. Could you fly here and get, get vaccinated? You know, I, I thought about it, but the problem is that you still have to, they implemented a new, like sort of the New Zealand style quarantine thing. When you fly back in, you have to put yourself up in a hotel, pay like two grand. And then you also have to quarantine in your property for two weeks. So there's so many financial things that don't make it make mm, sense, especially if I had to get that the double that like if it wasn't Johnson and Johnson I'd have yeah. to do that twice so it just doesn't make sense but now the issue is that there are these three variants and British Columbia is now from what I've read it has the highest amount of the Brazilian variant outside of Brazil and this variant is craptastic for everybody but especially younger people from 30 to 50 they're finding it spreads faster, it's more severe, and more people in those age groups are ending up in the hospital, like in the ICUs. Oh. So while we have like not enough vaccine and these variants ramping up, our numbers are getting higher. The other side of Canada, Toronto is on a four week shutdown, um, like lockdown completely again. I mean, I hope that we don't get there in BC, but it's not looking great. So all of this to say, like LA is starting. So all you LA people who at the beginning when Canada was like, people were coming here to shoot more. Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a dip in production here because now LA is starting to ramp up because people are getting vaccinated yeah. and there's going to be eventually less testing protocols and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So there's all of that going on while trying to, 
pursue a career and just being like, okay, the reality of what's happening in the world and how it affects our business. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just, I mean, a lot, it's a a lot lot of stuff. So it's one of those things where, and we also up here, if anyone is listening to this, whenever this comes out, if, if you're a Vancouver actor and you need to vote in the union, we have this ratification thing happening, please vote yes. If you need to know why, DM me, I will tell you, but we need everyone to vote yes, because it could really, really shift things in a not good way if um, a no vote goes through. So I'm just going to put that little piece of information. In oh, there. great. DM me Vancouver people who listen to this. Perfect. But anyways, I don't know. So all that to say, like, it's, I'm feeling all sorts of ways. And then with <laughs> all of the anti-Asian hate crimes that have really, really spiked. And it's, you know, for people who are listening, I'm half Filipino and it's been hard to say the least. And so I'm dealing with all of those things. So it's like, and how that affects me as an artist and an actor. And I've actually listened to a lot of different talks with a, like, you know, other Asian American people, actors, just talking about experiences. And it's, it's a, it's a lot. This month has been a lot. So I'm, I'm sitting in a very different feeling place than I was when we talked last time. How do you deal with those types of things in terms of living your life and still being a creative? Cause that's a lot, mm. especially with the hate crimes and the, I mean, it's really hard here, like watching the Derek Chauvin tribal and all this, mm-hmm. all this stuff that's happening. Uh, do, do you, is like journaling something helpful for you? Like, how do you navigate through those types of feelings, especially to deal with the hate crimes against a part of you? Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, I do journal. I journal anyways. Um, therapy, my therapist is awesome. Talking to other people who are BIPOC and have an understanding, talking to like white friends who are curious and um, interested and supportive and allies. And just the co- the fact that the conversation is out there, the fact that Olivia Munn and Daniel Day Kim and so many other really visible Asian Americans are getting actually on the news now talking about what's, because this isn't new. Everyone thinks this is new. This is not just because when COVID started, it, this is this is not new. It's just that it's being filmed just like it ha- was in the black community. Mm-hmm. And people are finally, like the Asian American community is finally stepping up and saying, this is not okay. Cause we've been silent for way too long. Um, it's, so it's kind of all of those things. And then it's me educating myself about the Asian side of me, the, the Filipino side that I don't know enough about. Um, I'm reading a, a number of great books right now. And, but it's hard because it's, there, there's the other side of that where it can just be so much to emotionally process that, you know, I'm, it's just, it's, I don't know. It's day to day. It's, it's like, this pocket of time has for everyone in so many different ways become a magnifying glass on all of the different things in our world and in our lives that we need to just look at and we can't look away from them. So, and especially now that I feel like I have have no idea when I'm gonna be able to get the vaccine at all. Um, And here in Canada, it's 
not like in the States where it's a, you know, two or three weeks after you get your second dose, we can't get our second dose for four months after because there's not enough supply. So I don't know. So I'm sitting here going, okay, I really, I'm, I'm still auditioning. I want to keep working. You know, I need to have the side hustle to bring in money. I don't know if I can really do much more than just walk my dog to leave my property because people are being irresponsible too. We have anti-maskers here too. It's not just an American issue. So it just, Ah. <laughs> this is a lot. I mean, well, not to be a total downer. I'm no, really no, this is, that's important stuff to talk about too, because with the way things are going, even though we are getting more vaccinations here, even though things are moving along at a clipping pace, apparently we're supposed to be fully reopened in some capacity by June, but that doesn't mean that masks are going away. By the way, everyone like, don't like relax on that. You're still going to wear masks in places. Um, I think a lot of anxiety is coming up for a lot of people. I think, you know, all the groups I'm in, I see so many actors uh, concerned about, I'm not ready to go back to work or I'm not ready to uh, watch, to, to miss things on the news. Cause we have been, we have our eyes open to so many things right now because people don't, aren't living the lives they were before where we moved zero to 60 and like, I barely caught the news. Um, we're having these social awakenings for so many people. And it feels like we don't want to miss that by just going back to restaurants and bars, right? Like we don't want to, we don't Mm -hmm. want to escape what we needed to see, even if it was painful. And is there anything you'd want actors to know? Like how this is, it's going to be soundbite worthy, but like, it doesn't have to be. Um, Cause we're going to talk. It's like a a topic we're just skimming over and not deep diving into, but yeah. I mean, this is a huge conversation. It's a, it's <laughs> like- a huge, it's a huge conversation. And I, I don't know if I'm the one to dictate it. I have had similar conversations, but I feel like uh, that needs to come from someone else. I'm an open ear to always listen and ask questions. Mm-hmm. And I would want to know, cause I asked this in season six, when we talked about being an ally, um, how can we show up no matter what ethnicity we are, no matter what race, how can we show up as better allies? That would be my big question. I wish I had a concise and good answer. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, honestly, it's something that I also struggle with because I'm half white. So Mm. I have this identity confusion sometimes because I have a ton of privilege from the fact of like where I grew up um, the fact that I, you know, I'm not white passing at all. I'm, I'm what people always used to call ethnically ambiguous. And I'm mm-hmm. just starting to be like, yo, 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 like I, I am Filipino, you know, just trying to put it out there. So people, so we can name these things mm-hmm. and not just be some weird, like you're, you can fit it. You're ethnically ambiguous. So I, I'm honestly struggling with how I can be the best ally to the black community and my friends who are in that community, how I can within Asian American culture and like the diaspora is so different. Mm -hmm. It's there's like, you know, every it's what everyone says, it's not a monolith and it really isn't. The experience of a Filipino American to a Japanese American to Korean to Vietnamese to Thai, like it's all so different. Um, So I'm trying to learn more about all of the other Asian communities that I don't know enough about myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a big part, like, I don't know the right answer and maybe I, I should probably and I don't do, think the, there, do the right by the research way, for By it. the way, I don't know if there is a right answer. I just want to know well, like, what would make you feel the most comfortable, like I for mean, example, on a set right. or on an audition. 
Oh, okay. You don't just mean like friendship wise. Um, on a set or on an, I mean, I don't, I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking in terms of actors being advocates for each other, right. In terms of us being there for each other. Gosh. And that's okay. So if this far. is just, if that, if this is just a topic we open up and we like, yeah, let's open say, it. Like let's, let's DM, let's Instagram about it. Let's talk like as, as, as lame as it sounds to be like, let's Instagram about being an ally, but it is a way to put sentences together that I think I would like to know how I can best show up for everyone. Right. Yes. And I, I mean, I know that there are people who have put eloquent, eloquent thoughts together about this, but I feel almost like I'm too emotional about it all to be able to give a good, concise answer. I feel yeah. like Nor I feel do you like need to uh, speak for a group, by the way, you don't need to oh, speak of course. on behalf yeah, yeah, yeah. of everyone. I would never put that on. Well, just about being an ally, even I'm like, I, don't, I mean, like friendship wise, I know that I just love people to like check in, to actually listen, to not ignore what is happening and pretend like it's all okay to speak up because it's, it's in the non, it's in when you don't say something, that's the problem, you know, and people are all like, oh, I'm not political. I don't want to get into it. And I'm not going to go there, whatever, you know, I support, I'm colorblind, quote unquote, which is like the worst. Yes. Um, it's, it's really meeting somebody where they are and listening mm -hmm. um, and not negating that person's experience. Um, it's interesting. I don't know if anybody, it's a sort of a t tangential thing, but if anyone watches Good Trouble on Freeform, um, it's so interesting because <laughs> a bunch of characters are in this diversity showcase, which we're all very familiar with. And they're all comedians in this diversity showcase. And one character, um, I mean, all of them basically are having to do caricatures of their, like, if, if, like the, if you're a gay character, if you're an Asian character, if you're, and like do an accent, do a blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's like, these things aren't funny anymore. They're, they shouldn't, it, like, everyone is not being deduced to just this, this stereotype of a culture or a, a gender or a way of being. And um, even just in that and being able to like open the conversation, I think is important on every level of the industry. Mm. It's just, it's so big. It's so big. And I'm, I really wish I had a good answer for, for you. Um, yeah. But I will actually think, cause I, that's important because I want to be able to, when someone says that to me, I want to be able to actually answer the question you just asked. So my homework will be for next month to say, here are, you know, three to five actionable things that as an actor, if you want to be an ally, um, what we do. And I will go research that. That's I my, that's that. my homework. Great. Yeah. That is awesome. I, oh, wow. What a trip. <laughs> <laughs> We go really from zero to 60. I'm like, I stopped babysitting. And now we're like, how do we be allies to our Asian friends? It <laughs> yeah. is, it, this, these conversations never cease to surprise me. Um, well, even just, I mean, I have to say, I know that people feel like, and I understand that there is a performative aspect to sharing a post on Instagram and just being like, this is bad. This is wrong here. Did I, I understand mm -hmm. that people feel like they're being performative and other people can say, oh, they're just being performative because they don't actually do anything quote unquote in their day-to-day -day life. But to me, seeing people post supportive, uh, any sort of like, you know, stop Asian hate, 
and any of that kind of stuff, any of the things that are um, showing what to do if you see something happening, like here are the, like somebody had like the five Ds or whatever these things are. There's all this stuff that you're supposed to do if you see um, anyone being hurt or um, words, I have no, I don't have the right words, but you know yeah. what I mean, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and just, yes, sharing of that is important to me. To me, that is something that makes a difference because it really is the silence that doesn't help. Like I, there's a lot of people I know who don't post anything about anything. Mm -hmm. And I'm always like, I wonder why, because especially when you have a friend who is from the community that is being targeted, mm. um, that it's, it's like almost hurtful to not have the support, even if the support happens and it's not done in, in, you know, the, I don't even know what the right way is, but if, if, it, yeah. if it to them feels performative, to me, it's like, you know, Sam, if you're like, stop Asian hate, this is awful. Like, I don't want, like, we should, let's support our Asian brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, yeah, thank you. Just yeah. that, like, I mean, I, I'm not saying to stop at that. Like, that shouldn't be all that we do, but it makes such a huge difference because it's about getting the word out. Yeah, and, and that was a lot of this push, right, is to get uh, who was, who was the reporter who really started this? Um, I mean, there's an, a number, well, like a, there's a lot of them that have, but, um, um, but I feel like it, just getting the word out. I do feel like I struggle with figuring out what to share on these topics. Um, mm -hmm. because I want to make sure it's from a source that is from that community. Um, like I don't want to share, you know, a, a bunch of stuff that's like not, approved by the Asian community. You know what I mean? Like I want it to come mm -hmm. from someone from that group. Um, I'm always, I, I do worry about being performative. I do worry sometimes mm -hmm. that people are concerned and this has nothing to do with the topic. I feel like it's just some things that come up with this, um, like resharing the same things I see, but not taking action. Like I get nervous to share and not follow up. So sometimes I do things in private, like donate to organizations or things like that. And I don't share it because I don't, I get, I get nervous that it's performative. I get, I, I want to, I don't know, I guess I feel like the, the copy paste of the share world makes me anxious about what I post sometimes because I don't want it to be just another white girl being like, here's my skincare routine and also stop Asian hate. Right? right. Like that's what we right. don't want to be. <laughs> but I feel like because you're a person who's even saying that, <laughs> you know, that it's, right. it, it's coming from a very different place than the girl who is, here's my skincare routine. Stop Asian hate. <laughs> Which right? by the way, people have asked me to scare my skincare routine and I'm going to get there, but I'm going to find a cheeky way to do it. Like I just, it just feels like I can't, I can't, sometimes I can't find the space to put things that gives them the proper light and gives mm -hmm. them the validation that they deserve. Um, right. and I get nervous just like sharing the same post without having actionable steps to take. I don't know. Right. But it does make a difference. Again, I don't have an answer, but from, even from just you saying somebody, that, yeah, from a perspective of somebody who is seeing that and like, you know, I, I appreciate it. I, and especially cause I know you're not that type of person who's just like skincare, stop Asian hate, you know? Right. On to but my next thing, thing to the, get attention. But the thing like, is that this, this is still applicable to the entertainment industry because it, it all feeds on itself, right? And so the fact that all of these issues with Me Too, Black Lives Matter, Stop Asian Hate, I mean, I, 
abilities, disabilities, mm -hmm. um, I mean, indigenous peoples, like there's just so, there's so much that it starts to shift the needle in Hollywood. It starts to have, you know, the Golden Globes going, whoa, we don't have very good representation in this yes. entire Golden Globe situation. You know, the fact that um, Minari for a while, the, was Minari the Globes was put in the um, foreign language category or whatever. And they're like, yo, this movie is literally about being American. It's the most American movie. It just happens to have Asian people not speaking English for part of the time. Let's right. get real. Like that's a problem. That's a systemic issue. And it's something that now people are going, oh, maybe that is a problem. I mean, I even think about, uh, there was some award show when one of the, can't remember who was hosting, um, but at one point they had the kids, like they had all these little Asian kids in suits coming out and they're holding the briefcases to be like, these kids are the accountants from what, what, are, what are word show is that does that, is that Oscars oh, or oh, Golden Globes? I think it's the, is, I think it's the Oscars, right? That holds okay, like, and they're the like, picture well, in a suitcase or whatever. Yeah. Well, like we're, we're going to come out and we're all holding the votes and they're, and the host made a joke. It's like, look at all these Asian kids who are smart and are good at math. And they're going to like, that is oh. so racist. And so, you know, and so, maybe, and like somebody wrote that go, joke for them. Like that doesn't just happen. hundred percent. And I, at the time, this is probably four or five years ago. And I was, I was just sitting there going, did that really just happen? And it's accepted in the culture. And now because people are going, oh, maybe that's actually not acceptable anymore. And it's, it shifts the conversation and it makes room for more representation, better visibility, better conversations and social change, not only just like in society in general, but then in the media and in entertainment, which then all feeds on itself and changes society as a whole. It just all feeds on itself. So um, yeah, I wish I, wish I had you're actually, I wish I could like be like, what do we do right now? But that's not, you know, <laughs> let's create all the change and have all of the allies Google. Of course. <laughs> of course. Oh, hold on one sec. Yep. It's okay. Get what you need and then shut the door, please. I know, but you're being kind of loud. Should I leave this in? Okay, bye. Leave it in. Cut that shit out. Oh, sorry. Sometimes he doesn't really. No, I'm sorry. I'm like, I feel like I, I derailed our. No, our I think this is such an important conversation and it's important that it happens consistently and not just in uh, like my landmark podcast episodes, right? Like my last episode of season 12 was right. like uh, with two BIPOC actresses and it was like how to be an ally. This should be a continuous conversation and it doesn't just need to be mm -hmm. in uh, really intense, serious ways necessarily. Sometimes these things are more palatable if we, if we constantly talk about them and, you know, it, it becomes to me something I can actually be in the world of, right? Like sometimes big problems mm -hmm. seem like such big dark clouds that I can't even access them, but having conversations like this and listening to someone like you talk, who is so tuned in to feelings and to the world and is a member of the community, I think you should talk about this as often as you want. So this is always a place. Thank you. 
And thank you for listening. And thank you everybody out there for listening. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's an intense time for all. <laughs> so how, how are you feeling otherwise? Uh, is your rash gone was a question we got. For <laughs> <laughs> an abrupt left turn. <laughs> um, sort of, but it's still lingering. I'm not going to lie. I had a talk with my naturopath and she was like, well, this is probably going to last a little while longer. Your body is pushing out the histamines and blah, blah, blah. So I still get pretty itchy. Oh my God, <laughs> I don't annoying. know. It's, it's really wild. It's really wild. Like right now I still have a bunch of rash on my stomach. It's been two months, good times, but it's nowhere near as bad. So okay. I, I, I'm not going to complain. I'm, I'm happy. They're not enormous welts all over me. Um, yep. but I got to say people PSA, if you're listening to this and you have no idea what I'm talking about, uh, I switched my laundry detergent to a different quote unquote, natural hypoallergenic detergent. It completely wasn't. I got hives, horrible rash all over my entire body. It was really, really gross. Awful. Um, so that's what we're talking about. Yeah. And it matters because your, your skin is your outside facing thing and your acting yes. stuff is your outside facing thing. Yeah. And I had to do two jobs with it, but it was okay. It Ugh. was okay. Oh, but you. yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, just in general, cause that commercial that I shot is running right now. Oh, so it's cool. kind of fun. I have, I have a lot of friends from, um, high school and college who actually didn't know that I'd moved back to Vancouver and I've been here for four years. <laughs> Awesome. Like, are you still in LA? <laughs> like, no, no. Nope. You, but you wouldn't know it from the past year. It doesn't matter where I was. I was inside. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, wait, okay. So another sort of hard left turn. I have to say. Yes. Podcast. The season. Yes. Yes. I was going to take a. Second. I I have to say, from the it was such a full circle moment from the top from Kate's to Ashley's interviews, how the sort of running theme through it all was just about living your freaking life and not obsessing about all of the crazy actor stuff that we can get obsessed about that doesn't matter. It was so refreshing. And I feel like, I don't know if it's just where I'm at in my life, but I literally was all like, yes, yes, yes the entire time. Oh, so. that makes me so happy. Thank you. Well, listen, you put me in connection with a lot of those people. So I thank you as well, because it was this season was so flushed out to me one, because the more I do the podcast as anyone does anything, the more, the better I feel and the more confident I feel asking certain questions. I feel very clear on my objectives with individual people. And I feel like the more open people can be with me because I, listen better than I used to. Uh, but that being said, I think the theme of success in its own timeline was also really big this season. And if this is the first podcast someone's listening to, if you haven't listened to the past uh, 12 episodes of season seven, I would highly recommend taking your time and taking them one by one because each episode was a different person's success story, which they often are. A lot of the podcasts have been like that. But it feels like this season we really tackled what it took to get from A to Z and how Z might be 
the end of that first row. And then you need to go A, A, B, B, C, C, D, D. <laughs> like there's never, mm-hmm. there's never an end to the ongoing work, but you have to find your own pause buttons in between to take care of yourself. And yes. that just felt so relevant to the past year. And talking to Ash Roman, who was Ashley Roman's on the last podcast, her success was before before my eyes. It was in front of me. I was watching her at work, work sides, work lines. I was watching her book things. It was so fun to watch her excel and to get where she is now. It is being inside of someone's journey like that in some capacity is just unbeatable. It makes you see that Mm -hmm. anyone who is passionate and who loves what they do and is grateful and is working really hard can get there you'll get there. It just, no matter what there is, and there is always in flux, whatever that means to you. And it just being able to talk to her about that was a really good full circle moment for me. And it just, it made me so happy. And that's why I wanted to save it for last too. Yeah. She was phenomenal. It was, it was so great. It, it was the little bit of medicine that I really just needed on that morning walk that day. It was wonderful. Whoever, if you haven't listened to people, you need to go listen for sure. Um, yeah, it was so, so affirming on so many levels. And she, I wrote down, I literally wrote down one, a quote from her where she just said, I don't know if she said this or if this is just what I took from it, but that Mm. there is power in stillness. Mm. And I loved that because that has been something, you know, we taught, we're talking about sprints and recovery. And I've really been trying to practice that and stillness being the moment itself, being okay with the stillness being okay and realizing that there's a gift in that. And, you know, we had, we had sort of texted back and forth about how everyone, well, in LA (laughs) is feeling this, everything's opening up, Mm -hmm. that there's this anxiety of achievement around things. And there's this like, I've had so many conversations with people being like, okay, no, well now what am I going to do now? I've got to do this and this and this and this and this, and I got to make up for lost time. And I've got to, you know, all of this just hyperactivity of the brain and, oh my goodness. Like I'm already, I'm not even in the city and I can feel the anxiety of all of that. It's real. It's real. And I'm going to do some upcoming stuff. Uh, We'll talk shop after we wrap this episode, but I have some plans for an upcoming potential mini series dealing with that because Mm. the foot on the accelerator is what everyone is feeling because you still feel behind. But I think the hot take from that is that no one ever stops feeling behind in this business. Whether you are the head of Disney or whether you are a brand new actor, everyone feels like they are playing catch up constantly. And I think that fighting that mm-hmm. feeling is what we are doing all the time. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's it's something that I have been... Okay, so one of the things, I don't know about you, and this will be interesting to hear, you know, what habitually I've done in the past when I felt like that is that I go, okay, what do I need to, it's it's the same, I'm still on the train. I'm like, what do I need to do? What is the thing that I'm missing? What do I need to learn? What, 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 right? What is the research? What is the, what is the habit I need to do? Yeah, what boxes do I need to check to make myself feel back in line? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and in reality, especially this last, I'd say four or five months, 
every time I've done that, I've gotten some sort of like weird universal confirmation that like, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. You're in the right place. You're doing the right things. You have all the stuff. Just my mantra right now is just to stay in my lane because I, it's working. It's, it's a, it's just chugging along at a slightly slower pace than I would like, but say la vie. We're just going to enjoy the view along the way, you know, and I'm really trying to not have shiny object FOMO syndrome for what other people are doing with their careers and their lives right now. And just look at what I have and I'm grateful for and what my skill set is and all of the stuff that I've worked so hard for to get to this point and just, just stay in my lane. Um, what, I don't know, what are, how are you? What do you usually do and are you combating it and what? It's so funny you say that because things? earlier I was just thinking how hard I've had to stay in my lane to get mm-hmm. the stuff done that I've gotten in the past couple of months. I, for example, in finishing the podcast, I really haven't listened to any other actor podcasts for the past two months or so because I realize when I do that while I'm producing my own podcast, I get really weird about stuff. I change the way I talk or my opinions on things. I absorb, I'm super absorbent of the energies around me and I'll take in someone else's vibe or the way they structure their interviews or, you know, I'll, they'll make me feel behind. And that's when you're making a podcast for actors, the last thing you want to do yourself is to come off as, as really thirsty because no act, we all Mm. just want to be a little soothed, especially when we listen to an actor podcast, we want to be seen and we want to be soothed. And Mm-hmm. So I really have had to stay in my lane. And I think with all the stuff that's coming up right there is uh, self-tape May is run by a couple of different people next month. Um, some of them, some of them do it with like a structure and you get sides and it's ongoing. They put me on self does that put me on self-tape uh, does a self-tape May where you get actual in-class feedback and they do it beautifully. I love what their program is. Um, and then Audrey helps actors just tells actors to, you know, do your research find your sides, get 16 tapes done. I think it's what it is. Um, and I was like, should I be doing all of these things? Should I be? And it's like, yo, <laughs> you just, <laughs> you just don't need to do everything. And I think that those, both those practices are amazing. And I know tons of actors who do them and it's fantastic. And I had to really reality check myself and say, this is not for me right now. And just because I'm not doing mm-hmm. these things that are put on by actors that are, being, that are being done by a lot of other actors doesn't mean I'm not doing the right things. It's the same as in the beginning of the pandemic yeah. when there was 10,000 workshops and 10,000 Instagram lives. And Jenna yes. Doolittle's and wait, amazing newsletter. Talk about, <laughs> wait, who, what was the thing that had like tens of thousands of the self-tapes? Uh, the NCIS open call. Right. And how many self tapes were sent in? Like 60. I feel like you were talking thousand or something. What? I mean, even, I'm sorry, anything above a thousand is insane. Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And I felt that I started to feel that same way about getting stuff done for acting. And I also took a break from my acting class this month because I, this is, this, this might have to be a two part uh, episode. Um, I decided to take a break from my acting class because I am getting a bunch of auditions and they are requiring Mm -hmm. a lot more of me. And what I was getting in acting class at that moment 
is, is it was, is not serving me this particular month. I am a bit overwhelmed. Yeah. I'm a bit overtaxed. And the goal was to get to the place where I can just audition and work and stuff. Right. So I love my community, my acting class. I love them so much. I'll be back in like no time probably, but I had to choose to take some time off because I also wanted to use my energy and money towards coaching for the bigger auditions I was getting. So I had to make a big yep. grown up executive decision to utilize and see myself as a working actor in the sense that I have to put my money towards certain things and my energy towards certain things. Well, and the reason and you're taking lot. an acting class is so that you can get auditions and do good work yes. and therefore get jobs. So if it's not serving you at the time, there's, you don't need to do it. You just don't need to do it. It's hard it's great. though, right? It's hard to take that break, especially if anybody is in an acting class that's ongoing, that has people who've been in it for years consistently. For me, I have to take breaks. I've also been in it every single week since the pandemic started. And I'm that's grateful for that because yeah, it's, it's intense. I, it's, four to five hours a week, uh, plus some, plus a rehearsal. If you can sneak one in, I'm super grateful because I never felt like I felt I fell off the quote unquote bandwagon of acting, whatever that means. I felt like I was always somewhere in the world. I always was doing something, whether it was for an audition, quote unquote mattered or not, mm. but I am in a place right now where I have to be really specific about staying in my lane. <laughs> my lane did not involve going to class this month, this particular month that could change next month. It could not but putting my money and my energy towards my auditions and towards these other projects was really important. And that might not be someone else's yeah. course. I do think it's important to have a coach and to still keep like, I wouldn't say everyone quit your acting class right now. I would never give that kind of advice. I think you should be in some form of training, but sometimes constantly auditioning will keep your muscles flexed and yeah. utilizing coaches for specific auditions that are harder will also uh, provide that value of class and there it's expensive. Yeah. So you I mean, spend your money in certain and, ways. Yes. And to be honest, I mean, I got to the point where I was overtraining. I was just, I was just being an actor who's just going to a class because I feel like I'm supposed to be in a class. And it yeah. was actually making me a less good actor because I just was so in my head about things. And then it became about what a coach or a, a specific teacher wanted like I was trying to make them happy. It's like this mm -hmm. weird people pleasing aspect of it. And it just, it, it I, uh, after like two decades of being in and out of different studios, having my BFA and acting, all of the things mm -hmm. I kept thinking I need to do more, I need to do more, is when I stopped coaching and I stopped training that my work got better because I just started to learn more about myself. So everyone's journey is so different, you know, not to say that I might not go to back to a class one day, I might, but for me, it, it literally doesn't help me right now where with where I'm at in my career. But also I have to say again, caveat, I live with an actor. My husband's an actor. So our odd and we audition enough, both of us, so that we're we're always working on material. It's the same thing. You know, if, if you're if I wasn't auditioning, I would definitely want to be in a class because then I'd be working my muscles. Yes. You know, I'd actually be doing the thing that I love to do. And I think that for me right now, same as where you are, I'm at the point where I'm auditioning enough. I'm doing enough different kinds of things that I'm not only getting filled as an artist, but I'm also working on my craft on a consistent basis. And that's really what, when I wasn't auditioning as much, that's what class did for me too. Totally. So, totally. And they uh, everyone's, 
things. Oh, 100%. And it's just so, yeah, it's like, what what do you need in your lane right now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Stay, being okay staying with that. in your lane and assessing your own lane. It is, it's hard yes. to do. It's hard to keep your eyes on your work in this scenario because we have social media and we have all these other outlets where no matter how shut down the pandemic has made us, we can still peek over and look at someone else's desk and see the grade on their test. So it's Mm -hmm. impossible to shield yourself from that completely, but really prioritizing. I talked on my Instagram about using quarters, really prioritizing what are my goals for April, May, and June? And Mm -hmm. am I accomplishing them? Am I allotting the correct time, money, energy towards all of those um, while taking care of myself, which is mm-hmm. like we said in the beginning, there's just a lot going on in the world. It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope that one day, it, who knows when, but we'll just have like the lightest, happiest, fluffiest conversation about the state of the world uh-huh. and our careers and all of the things. I, I am looking forward to it. I think it'll be really <laughs> boring though. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, you know what I think is I think that we should uh, take a pause on our recording and then we'll start up again. We'll do a couple actor questions and that can be the secondary part of this episode. Rock on. Yeah. Okay. All right. So guys, um, tune in later this week and we will get our Q&A portion of this episode. Yay. Yay. Yay.